Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked On Canadians, we're talking European prospects with our very special guest, Patrick Bexell from Habs Eyes on the Prize. All that and more inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 805 of Locked On Canadians. We are, of course, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast here at the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every day. I am your host for today. I am Scott Matla, as always. Thank you for subscribing wherever you get your daily podcast. Or if you're watching on YouTube, the surprise has already been spoiled for you and what is going on in this episode. I am not alone for today's show. I am bringing in one of my good friends, one of my best co-workers, European correspondent for Habs Eyes on the Prize, an all-around generally great person, Patrick Bexell. Patrick, thank you so much for making the time to join and us working out the time difference within 15 to 20 minutes pretty well. <laughs> Indeed. It, it took it took some hours because you had daylight saving time going back, right? <laughs> and uh, But yeah, and you just keep telling me I'm, I'm, I'm the nice person because I keep sending you beers every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I keep saying I'm going to have Patrick on, and then I have other guests on, and I keep forgetting to have Patrick on because it's hard to figure out the time to do this. But I am I, very I'm grateful. So, I'm so surprised, though, because there are other podcasts that managed to get me on, especially in the Logged On Network, you know? <laughs> well, this is awkward. <laughs> it's even more awkward because Patrick and I work together at Eyes on the Prize. So, of course, it's uh, I am always happy to have Patrick on, and I know Laura is very appreciative as well. And I'm always happy to be on, let's be honest about that as well. And we Otherwise, are... I wouldn't tease you guys about it. <laughs> yes. And we are talking all our European big-name prospects today. As of the news this morning, Jaden Struble has signed his entry-level deal with the Canadians. Starting next year, he will play the rest of the year in the AHL with the Laval Rocket. But Patrick had his own prospect news of the week, and... Uh, we talked about it a little bit on yesterday's episode, or I did after the Canadians game, is that it sounds like Emil Heineman is going to be coming over from the SHL after his team was eliminated in the playoffs to play for the Rocket. And Patrick, you did a little bit of digging into this to figure out the precedent and why all this is possible. So I will let this uh, transfer over to you here. Well, How is it that Heinemann can um, make this happen right now? I didn't really do the digging. I just lit a blowtorch under Andrew Sadonowski. Let's be honest about that. <laughs> <laughs> but Andrew was kind enough to let me run with it. And, and that's, you know, we're friends, we're colleagues. And, and sometimes you give some info to another that they will benefit from or suits their uh, Twitter account better than <laughs> others. Uh, but essentially... Um, what Andrew told me and, and what I figured out as well, because he signed, first and foremost, he signed a three-year extension last uh, twenty uh, Christmas 21. Um, that meant that, as you all know from now, that he couldn't go to the AHL this season. Uh, before, Like, it was NHL or, ba- or back to Sweden for him at the start of the season, which is what happened. Um but since he was on an NHL contract, since he, uh, I think they penciled him in on paper in one way or another around the trade deadline or, or just by uh, 
uh, when 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 it needs to be settled. Just, I think they did Adam Engstrom as well, and he wasn't even signed. Um, Laval, that is not Montreal, but uh, which means that when the Swedish team or European team, if it comes to Finland, um, is eliminated from the playoffs, you could go to the AHL team and thereby, because you're not risking your your uh, you're not missing out on your Swedish season, or in this case. And let's be honest, Heinemann, even if he's participated in the national team this week this year. He's not going to be in the World Cup squad by Sam Hallam. Uh, so, so there is an opening. Obviously, um, it's. I think it's a good move for Heinemann. I've, I've tweeted out, and I've been. Uh, I like Heinemann. He's a great guy. Uh, speaks fantastic English as well, which always helps when you do podcasts or, or interviews as well. Uh, has a good head on his head, uh, or, or on his shoulders. And I think you know, like he's he's he has to opportunity here and i think his style suits the the american eyes better and we're going to come back to that in, in a bit but i think it's a really smart move both by the canadians and by heinemann i'm just expecting him to to more or less fly over obviously he's hugely disappointed it's the first time uh, since they play and started in shl that a team that won the first game because it's the best of three series didn't go through and because you mentioned that he, his play style suits the North American ice, and I know that it's different ring sizes. From what I saw from him at the Prospect Tournament in Buffalo and some of the preseason games, he slowly started to find his feet more, and then he went back to the SHL because, like you said, he wasn't going to crack the NHL roster and he could not go to the AHL this season, and there were some struggles there. We know he can shoot the puck. We know he has a very good shot. That's always been a big part of his game. I also know that you have been um, not you've been very quick to point out that yes, this his strength lies in the offensive zone. He's going to go to the AHL where defense is not an optional task for players here, especially young guys. He's had some struggles there that you've pointed out. What can he do to kind of grow? I, he doesn't need to become Philip Deneau, Patrice Bergeron, but what can he do to kind of break even on the defensive side of the puck uh, going forward the rest of this season and uh, next year when he's likely to be in North America full-time? I think what it all comes down to, there are a few different aspects of this. I've spoken to some scouts. I've spoken to to development coaches in, in other teams, not in Lexham, but in other teams and, and in consultancies. And uh, the question is... Where does he get lost sometimes in the defensive zone in, in coverage and, and gap control um, in on the European ice? Uh, that might be lost. You know, you don't have to worry about that as much because the size are, are, are much bigger in Europe and therefore you can get lost much easier. Um, I think that's part of it. Uh, but on the other hand, if you look at, at the other adjustment you have to do is that the this, the game goes so much faster. And and I always think that, you know, he doesn't have the hockey IQ as Archie Olekonen or, or, or um, Lucas Vedemo. Let's be honest about that as well. Uh, I would assume Kapanen. I, I'm not very high on Kapanen, as you're probably going to hear in a bit. But, but uh, you know, he, they, they got really good hockey IQ forwards as well, all of them. Uh he he does, however, possess one of the best shots there is, and and 
Uh, I've always compared him to someone close to you, Scott, you know, uh, Victor Olofsson or Victor Golovson, as we should say. You, you give him good line mates. You give him the strength to, to perform at a good level. I'm going back to what our former colleagues and uh, at Eyes on the Prize said as well. You, you start by putting them in a, on a line to succeed, Jack Han. And, and, you know, that's what you do. You put him on a, on a line to succeed. Make sure he, he gets the opportunity to succeed and, and maybe get a very good defensive partner with him and make sure that, that he doesn't have to take that defensive zone coverage all the way. He's not a Dale Weiss kind of player where, you know, that <laughs> cheats a little bit, you know. I love Dutch Gretzky and I love the nickname, but but he, he doesn't cheat. He wants to work. He wants to improve. I just think that, you know, the, I, I think he will suit. I think he will be a successful player. In, definitely in AHL, but I also think that penciling him in on an NHL roster next year, no. Uh, it will take a year more. Uh, he needs to get that in. Uh, wicked shot. I mean, like, <laughs> let's be honest about that. He shoots through people. Mr. Olofsson shoots around people and finds open net that way. Heinemann can go through people. And Literally that's, goes through people. <laughs> and that's the exciting part. And we're going to shift gears a little bit here from Heineman, who has been what Habs fans have been talking about for a year since the Tyler Toffoli trade. We're going to shift to the guy he just got done playing against in the SHL playoffs. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're going to get into that all coming up next. But first, today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. The NBA season is treading towards the playoffs and it's the perfect time to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app America's number one sportsbook and you get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars and that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win the app is safe secure and super easy to use and it's easy to bet money line point scores threes drained in a game and if you're feeling really lucky on a given night you can bet all those together in the same game partly to increase your winnings so don't miss your chance to sign up for a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. And remember, make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA, and us here at Locked On. And as always, it is my duty to please bet responsibly and within your means at all times. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. We are going across the pond. And then a little bit further beyond that into Sweden, Finland, and everywhere else. We are joined, of course, by Patrick Bexell, the European correspondent from Habs Eyes on the Prize. We just got done talking Emil Heinemann, who played in the SHO playoffs for Lexand. They yep. fell in three games to Adam Engstrom and Tony Sun's Rogel BK in the playoffs. And if I am pronouncing that wrongly, please tell me I am doing my best. Adam Engstrom has been on the way up since he was playing for the under 20 team. And then he jumped into the SHL this season after playing very well in that league. And he is stuck there, even, you know, sometimes playing as a seventh defenseman, Pat, let the people know, speak on it. What makes Adam Engstrom tick and what has caused him to find himself in a very strong SHL club here and drawing a lot more attention than he than he initially got on his draft day. Actually, I think you know first and foremost it's pronounced Rögle. You you said Lexand, great. You didn't say IF, uh, <laughs> so so don't pronounce the BK as well. <laughs> you know, okay, like, you you go with that. 
Uh, but anyway, yeah, Rugler. Um, I think Cam Abbott makes him tick. You know, the coach in Rugler, really, really smart guy. I have a huge, I'm a huge fan of Cam Abbott. Uh, I'm not going to say he's going to be the first SHL coach to coach in, 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 in North America because he's Canadian. But <laughs> <laughs> it still counts. It still yeah. counts. I'll give it but, to you. <laughs> uh, you know, like, uh, I, I think he will stay a little bit longer than that. You know, but Autumn Engstrom, I think it was a hidden gem in a way uh, in Djurgården last year. You know, Östlund, Erland, um, Lecker Mackey, uh, Lindblom, the goalkeeper who's just been awarded the best junior player in, in Hockey Alsanskan this year. Uh, played lights out as well at the World Juniors, you know. Uh, but I think Autumn Engstrom, he has some qualities that, that you might not have seen last year. He's play, he's, his hockey IQ is enormous. You know, that's first and foremost. Uh, everyone keeps mentioning Norlander and, 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 and I got that question last night when, when I posted the highlight pictures of, of all gifts of, of Autumn Angstrom on my Twitter feed. And I think Norlander has a very much higher offensive upside or, or, or maybe not offensive upside, but skills. Uh, whereas Engstrom maybe has an offensive upside due to not having the same skills. He has to trust the, the, the system. He has to trust the play. Uh, he trusts his vision. He, he, he knows when to take a shot. He, in, in, in Roger Runberg, who coaches Frelnes, he knows when to play poker. He, he, <laughs> he knows when to go forward. He knows when to stay behind. You know, uh, hockey IQ, he oozes it. Uh, his skating is really good. Uh, his defensive acumen is there. He still makes, you know, some puppy mistakes at this level. Uh, and to correct you again, Scott, and I'm sorry to correct you, <laughs> but uh, he started out with the, with a big club and got a few games in the CHL or Champions Hockey League. Uh, played two games in one go uh, in in Rugle one night, where he played with the SHL club and then went in and played with the under twenty <laughs> directly after. Uh, he's that kind of guy. He's a rink rat. Cam Abbott says that he has to force him out of the rink and and uh, Adam Ekstrom laughed a little bit and said, you know, there are three rinks. I don't know if Cam knows that. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously he does, but it's a joke and, and, and it's, it's, it's a good one. Uh, he has humor. Uh, not comfortable speaking English all the time yet, as, as you might have heard in one of my interviews where all he said was awesome. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I think, I think that stands out. And then he has this thing that I think we saw it in the World Juniors. Uh, he was more or less sorted in because others were injured and, and didn't get in. At the end of the tournament, he played top-line minutes along uh, Sunday in Pelika. Uh, and for the good reason that once he's in, you know, you give him a, you give him a meter, you, he takes a mile. You give him a pinky finger and he takes a whole hand, as we say in Sweden. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, like it's... He is that, and he rises to the occasion over and over again. We saw it last night. Great goal, uh, you know, and, and I think the goal describes his, you know, there were other flashes where, where maybe more brilliance, but the goal was brilliant in, 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 in the way that he calmly got the puck down with his hand. It landed flat on the ice, which made the goal so simple, but it made the hard things simple. And, and, and I think that is, you know, what has kept him in the lineup. You haven't been able to move him out of it because he is so strong. 
he spends a lot of time working on his gap control, something that, you know, Hadi, David, and I were always uh, complaining about Norlander for, you know, uh, we, he works his defensive assignments. He spends a lot of time watching videos where he does things wrong, not where he does things right. Uh, I think that speaks a lot of volume of kind of player that, that, that Engstrom is and, and will be. His ceiling might not be as high as, as Norlanders was, but his floor is so much higher. And, and, and then you have that, um, uh, what do you call it, the, the, the X factor in a way. Uh, but normally when you think X factor, is, it's, it's you know, the skills, it's the, the highlight reels, it's the shots, it's whatnot. But Engstrom has that X factor where it comes to you can't move me out. And, and I think, you know, it's not sexy, but damn, it's good. It reminds me a lot of Jordan Harris a little bit. He's not the flashiest guy on the ice. He wasn't playing at Northeastern, but everything is done with a purpose, with intelligence and reading the play. And obviously, uh, Engstrom is just 19 years old. There is still so much more growing he can do. And he's and, at the right team in Sweden to do that growing right now. And the thing about that is... There's no rush to get him into North America now because I believe you said he has at least another year on his SHL contract, correct? Yes, he signed an extension uh, this fall, which means that essentially he's this Heinemann or, or Norlander uh, of previous years where he can crack the Montreal lineup. But, you know, with the recent signing uh, of Struble, he there is already nine defenders on that list. He won't make the lineup. You don't, Canadians don't need to sign him this year even to make that possible. You should just be happy to have him over at development camp, let him mature in a regular. Wallander goes over to, you know, to Red Wings uh, and AHL and the Griffins, I, I would presume. And, uh, and that lives, gives a big hole where Engstrom fits right in the development path for him in Sweden right now makes so much more sense is that, you know, selfishly, if he were to play for the rocket next year, that's, that's great. It's easier North American viewing, but it doesn't always make sense. And I have to make sure to share this article from the Twitter account is that you wrote about letting them, the Canadians, letting their prospects stay in Europe a little while longer. And I think that's the perfect case for Adam Engstrom right now is mm -hmm. that he does not need to come over He's getting his footing there. He's playing very well for an under-20 player at the SHL level. Like you said, on a on a very good club and in the right spot. They've kind of rushed this in the past a little bit. We've seen it with Matthias Norlander, which is unfortunate. And some of that is injuries, which are mm -hmm. out of their hands. But And even Emil Heinemann a little bit at the start of this season. I'm hoping that this is their learned lesson opportunity here because uh, everything about Engstrom seems so... He screams NHL player, even if he's not, you know, Victor Hedman, Eric Carlson, NHL players are still among the most talented in the world. And he seems to have the mindset and the work ethic to make that happen. You know, I, I keep telling my kids in school that, you know, work ethic and, 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 and all that, you know, it's, it's what makes you try. I mean, like ethic always beats class in a way, you know, yeah. like it's, it's down to that. Um, I remember, and this is how old I am. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, but um, the good old uh, Ivan Lendl, former number one tennis player in the 80s, he was asked, how do you become number one tennis player in the world? And he said, it's easy. You practice 10 hours a day for 10 years, <laughs> every day. 
hard work and, and, always and beats I mean, like that's it sounds very easy, but to do that grind, to do that every day, it takes a lot of dedication, and that dedication is is obviously what what's going to pay off. And and I think Heinemann is, uh, and 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 Norlander are very strong candidates to to play games in in. NHL and I've said obviously I have a bet with Anton if you listen to our podcast that, uh, <laughs> that uh, you know if Heinemann plays 20 games for 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 Montreal I will uh, I will have to pay a dinner for for, <laughs> for Anton but uh, it could also be a barbecue at my place don't tell him that <laughs> I was gonna say there are worse things in the world we do have a handful of other prospects to get yeah. into uh, and that's all going to be coming up in just one moment We are back here at Locked On Canadians. The show has been flying by because Patrick is a fountain of European prospects knowledge. And Canadians fans, you are not following him on Twitter. One, you're doing Twitter absolutely incorrectly at Zeb underscore Habs on Twitter. You you don't want to miss out on that. Patrick, we talked a little bit before the show started about some of the other names that are floating around the SHL. And obviously, or not just the SHL, Europe in general here. I don't want to exclude Finland Uh in that because that would be extremely rude of myself. I guess we'll finish with the last big name playing over in Sweden right now. Someone that you followed very closely, uh, Frederick D playing for Frölunda um, this past season. What can you say about his season? I know it was a down year in terms of, I don't want to say accolades for the club as a whole, but he seems to have been finding his footing a little bit as a young goaltender in the SHL or am I a little off base on that? I think I think uh, first and foremost I need to correct your your, your name again <laughs> because I've been saying it Disha so I know you as well but it's actually pronounced Dikov. Oh and oh. and uh, yeah we can imagine how that will sound in American <laughs> English. <laughs> uh, but yeah that that's first and foremost uh, but otherwise you know it's funny because I've joked about it the full season and I joked about it last season as well. The expectations on Frölunda is obviously huge. You know, like uh, they finish six in the league. They're going directly into the quarterfinals. Uh, they have a chance of an upset. They have a lot of it, ton of injuries, and we call it a failed season. And they still reach the semifinal of the Champions Hockey League. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, how terrible! How absolutely yeah. terrible for that. <laughs> I'd be like. If my football team does that, I'd be very happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, no. Uh, we all knew he wasn't going to play as much as last year where he carried the team in hockey, Alsonski. And obviously, he chose Frölunda for a lot of different reasons. Uh, development of goalies has not been Frölunda's strength. So, so there was this, you know, you wondered. But he's been a fan of Frölunda since, since he was a kid. So you get it. Obviously, he followed Henrik Lundqvist and, and, and those steps. Um, I totally get it. Uh, we did expect him to play a little bit more. What Frölunda has done is they took in probably the best goalie in Europe, um, Lars Johansson from from Seska in Moscow, uh, who didn't want to stay in Moscow for, or he was in Ska, sorry, uh, in St. Petersburg. He didn't want to stay there for you know obvious reasons. Uh, but from he he didn't adjust well into the sweet SHL again, and and uh, obviously with defenders. Uh, former Montreal Canadian Christian Foligne as an example injured for a couple of weeks or months um, Borgman another former NHL player and, and AHL player also injured for quite some bit 
so there's been a rotation on on defense, and they let Johansson play himself into shape. Uh, I think Dijao has uh, been very very good when he's had the opportunity to play full games with full confidence, and and uh, he's he still has. I mean, like the weakness he has is rebound control, uh, and and that is probably the main. Thing that he needs to work on. I know they're working on it. Uh, Lars Johansson is very impressed with, with Frederick. Uh, from last coaches are very impressed with Frederick. His work ethic, he's, he's learning to become a pro, which was one thing that he pointed out in Kukansta, where he played last year, that he needed to do. The work ethic, eating right, focusing on game days, etc., etc. I think it's been a valuable year. I wish he would have gotten more games, yes. Uh, it's hard to measure his progress, but I think he's made progress. Physically, it's clear that he's made progress because he's bigger, more confident in that regard. Weakness is still rebound control. And that's the thing is with player development and then another year, another year of study and analysis getting older, those are things that goaltenders take more time. We saw it with you know one of the best of all time. Carey Price wasn't a... And what it wasn't a perfect starter at first. I'm not saying that Dikoff is going to become Carey Price, but I know people are kind of you know quick to go, oh, Jakob Dobish is playing so well, hmm. different leagues, different stages in development. And I do think it's unwise to give up or to not pay and, attention and, to this progress too. And I expect Canadians to extend a qualifying offer for Dishaw this year. So to keep his rights and and uh, and then loan him back into Frontenac directly. And hopefully he will get a chance to play a bit more. Partly, Johansson's confidence will be better and they don't need to play him into shape. And second, uh, you know, um, a more stable defense and, and that should work as well. I think, yeah, and it's like you said, you, you would know better than I do. It's like I would be shocked if he was not, you know, back in Sweden for another year, which mm-hmm. kind of fits their timeline for things right now. They seem to like having Jake Allen and Samuel Montembeau in the NHL. And Caden Primo's right there. And then they still can, you can always find a free agent goalie in North America. You don't want to rush your development pieces I think until when, they're when, ready. I think until you move, move Primo one way or another up or to this to, to another team, you before that, you don't going to bring in Dobez or, or Dijau or, or Verbetic or, or any of the others or the goalie they definitely will pick in in this year's draft because they pick one every year. <laughs> and that's the thing is like, yeah, you can, you only have so much uh, development space for everybody in, in a perfect world. Is that two goalies, two goalies, two goalies, but sooner or later, someone's got to take the reins. And if you don't give everyone an opportunity to do so, they're playing like during the lockout or the COVID year where they were trying to play three goalies in the AHL, two of which were prospects. Mm-hmm. It becomes difficult. Uh, I guess the last two names that we really wanted to get into before I let you go here uh, as we close up on time, uh, Pateri Nurmi and Oliver Kapanen both playing over in Finland. I'm just curious for your thoughts because you've said uh, in our own Slack chat you think Nurmi might be an AHL bound before anybody else, perhaps a little unexpectedly if I am not uh, misremembering things here. I'm I'm not sure about Nurmi's contract. Let's be honest with that. So I'm to, to, I want to give that an out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, but but uh, I think it would be preferable for Nurmi to go to AHL this year, or, or in in this fall. 
he's already out of the playoffs if you can sign him, but I've seen there's a lot of names in, in the AHL as well for, for defenders. But, you know, take it, bring him over, see what he has. He has had a very prominent, positive trajectory over the last couple of seasons in Finland. I would have hoped that Hopeko would have given him a chance to go to a bigger club and participate in the playoffs. They didn't. Uh, so now he's sort of stranded. Uh, but yeah, I, he's uh, smart. Again, very smart player. Uh, defensive aware with a bit of an offensive upside. Not much, but but you know, he, he, he passes the puck well. He shoots with a intent rather than uh, and than precision and stre- strength, but he shoots to a little bit like Lindstrom in a way. You know, someone can do something with this puck and 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 not just try to th- shoot a hole through the net. Uh, but but yeah, I think Kap- Nurmi is is that way. Kapan and I just realized, and, and I think I pointed it out at the time, but during the World Juniors, he signed an extension with with Kalpa, and uh, that means that obviously he's in the same agreement as. As uh, we we spoke about Norlander and Heinemann and, and and potentially Engstrom, if they sign him, I don't think they will sign Engstrom. They're happy where he is. Let him grow. Don't rush it. Don't put extra pressure on when he comes to Montreal during development camp. But Kapanen, I would probably want to see him in another role. Uh, he is a rookie in Finland because he pl- didn't play 18 games, or he played 18 games only, and 18 games was a cutoff uh, for for being a rookie. So, therefore, he's second in rookie scoring. You know, he played 18 <laughs> games last year. Um, in, in, the thing is, he's more or less on the same pace as Ilanin was in his last second or his second draft, draft plus two year. Um, on a better team, on a much, much better team. Uh, I like Kapanen as a hockey player. I think he will have a fantastic hockey career, be it in Europe, in AHL. Uh, I don't think I think he's a Vedemo player, complete. And and I know quite a few um, professional scouts in Europe thinks the same way. Um, that's is not a very bad player, not know? at all. But, I and I I look at Kapanen too. I keep realizing I think he's older than he is because he's constantly been talked about for the longest mm-hmm. time, and he's only nineteen. I yes. keep thinking he's 21, 22, and it's like, no, he's only 19 years old. Yeah. Very late. Uh, you know, they, they took, was it he's in July, right? Birthday. Uh, uh, yeah, July 29th. So he's yeah. a real late. So, so, you know, like two, 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 two months later, and he would have been in the same draft at Engstrom, right? So, so, you know, let's be honest about that. He has a lot, but he's kind of smallish. Um, does he project as a center or does he project as a, a winger? Uh, that's the first question you have to ask. The second is, uh, is there enough offensive upside or will he become you know, that shutdown player uh, that you toss in? We saw it in the World Juniors. Uh, he didn't light the Finnish team on fire or the opponent's team on fire either, uh, but he played very, very smart. You know, uh, you put him out there on the PK. You put him out there on the power play. Um, I don't see the power play strength, I'll be honest with that. But he, he is there. He often scores in batches. That's I always think the ketchup effect has gone into a spin. You know, like you, you have that ketchup bottle and you squeeze, 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 and nothing happens, and then suddenly everything on one go. And I just sort of expect him to continue to do. To, to, but it comes out in batches. 
Um, he has a lot of growing to do. You got another two years to, to let him do that in Europe and bring him over a little bit like Vedemo, who stayed four years in Europe without anyone asking for him to start playing in the AHL. Same with Arthur Lekanen that went straight into the hockey, into the NHL as well. Didn't have to play a game in the AHL. And and God, yeah, watching him on the on the on the wrong side of the of the Bell Center sent shivers down my spine. But yeah, I'm super happy Lekanen got that cup and and we got a first round pick and for him as well so, so yeah uh, you know fair play and uh, i've followed like him for so long so i'm super happy and, and excited for his career choice uh but but i don't see Kapanen in, in getting that offensive upside that like had and numbers are okay it sounds impressive for 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 rookie scoring uh it's good in the, the regard that you know he's getting better and he's getting more chances um yeah, I just don't want expectations to be too high on him because there's a point. It's not his fault. It's, it's coaching. It's, it's development. It's where his strengths and weaknesses are. And uh, his weakness is, unfortunately, for me right now, even if he's second in goalie scoring, but the other guy is about two years younger, uh, uh, is that, you know, he is in the offensive zone. And it's been that since I saw him first live in, in the, the Four Nations tournament. In, in November, a year and a half ago, uh, he squeezed his stick a little bit too hard. Uh, he wants to do too much. And, and maybe, you know, if he gets the, the break and, and things start to happen, he, he could get there. But I don't expect it. And that's the thing is the good thing is that the Canadians have so many opportunities. I'm going to have Patrick back on next week. We're going to actually be talking draft prospects in that. Uh, Axel Sand and Pelica, some other but, players. But, you know, we need to finish with some good stuff. And I think, you know, um, if you have the opportunity to watch Engstrom play against arguably one of the top best teams, two, top two teams in Sweden this year in the quarterfinals, do because this will this is going to be a a really good evaluation on where he is in his first draft year or draft plus one year. And the best part is, is that if you aren't able to watch the game live, you can follow Patrick on Twitter at Zeb underscore Habs. That is Z-E-B underscore Habs on Twitter. Of course, he also has his articles at Habs Eyes on the Prize. He has the Dispatch podcast, correct? Uh, with mm-hmm. Habs Eyes on the Prize that he does with Anton Rassigard. You don't want to miss out on that. If you're not following Patrick as a Canadians fan or even a fan of European prospects in general, there's no one better to be following on there. Patrick, thank you so much for making time to come on and talk uh, Habs prospects with me. And I can't wait for you to come back next week when we talk all about the draft and everything else. Well, on that case, then I am going to sign. I am going to sign. <laughs> I off. thought you signed off. <laughs> no, I got to do my sign off. Now, I you can obviously follow us at lo underscore Canadians on Twitter, Locked On Canadians, wherever you find your podcast or on YouTube. You can follow myself at Scott Matla on Twitter. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you next time.